Okay, the title of this message today is Out of Darkness and Into Light. Before I start teaching, though, I want to tell you how this message came to be. This is something I don't really even like to share, but I think it's important that I do. Um, in the month of May, I went for my regular um, doctor's checkup appointment because I always have done that. I've always taken good care and proactively taken care of my body and gone for all the, you know, the typical things that you're supposed to go to every year. So I went in May to the doctor. And when I went this May, I didn't get the typical, oh my gosh, you're so healthy report that I usually get. And there were three areas that the doctor wanted me to have further tests in. One of them was not really an area of concern. It was a colonoscopy and I just turned 60. Happy birthday to Cindy. I had an amazing birthday. But they, had, but they had asked me to do that when I was 50. And I, every year, nope, no thank you, 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 nope, not doing that. And when I turned 60, I said, you know what, I am going to do that. So I made the decision even before I went in. So that was one. But the other two areas were things that they saw in, um, one was in um, a urine sample, and the other one was in um, a breast exam. This is probably too much information for some of you guys. But um, they just wanted to have more more done. So I ended up, um, and I'm not going to go into great detail, but I ended up in a two-week span being in the medical center about 10 times because one test led to another test, which led to another test, which that's not good because when they call you right away after you have one test and they say, okay, we want you to come back tomorrow for another one, that's not, that's not what you want to hear. You don't want those, re those phone calls. But what happened during that time was that the darkness, I think it was literally darts of the enemy. Because I am a very healthy person. You guys know I'm a very healthy person. And so I went in for my regular exam, and then I, I wasn't prepared like I should have been, like I usually am when I go to the doctor, being built up in the Word. I mean, I'm built up with teaching, but I hadn't been declaring and meditating specifically for Cindy. So when I got all those things coming at me, it was like darts, 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 darts of the enemy. It was just an, a, a, the enemy had access through those tests to try to get me into fear and what ifs and what if, you know, what's this and, and then thinking about all these three body parts that they were looking at. And it wasn't easy. And I'm just going to tell you, Cindy that stands up here teaching week after week after week, had to practice what I preach in a very big way. Probably one of the biggest things that I did, that I took action, those thoughts kept coming. Those thoughts kept coming. The negative thoughts, the fearful things, and I kept denying them with fervency. If you could have been in my house, you would have heard me because I wasn't going to be passive or uh, puny or wimpy about it. So I was denying those thoughts, telling them to go, denying and speaking over my body, speaking to all of those parts of my body that they were checking, speaking and declaring and declaring the word of God. And then, if you remember a couple weeks ago, Fran Veers was here, Pastor Fran, and she taught on uncommon faith. Well, I asked her to come and teach that. And I knew that Cindy needed that teaching. What does uncommon faith look like? The faith that looks at the word of God no matter what, Freddie. The faith that says, your word is the word, God. 
That test, that doctor's report, that whatever, that's not, that's not first. Oh no, that's way under the blood of Jesus. That's way under the promises of God. And to keep focused on the word of God and keep focused on Jesus and keep focused on the light. But it wasn't easy. I'm just saying it wasn't easy. So I had two or three people that I connected with. Um, my mentor, Fran Veers, was one of them. Kent was another one. And then Suzette was another one. And Suzette, this woman who's fighting a lot right now, was texting me and said, what can I pray for for you? And so she's one of the people that I asked to pray for me. And she was just, I'm on it. I'm on it. I'm on it. And then there was a fourth person. So I had four people that I was connecting with with prayer. I didn't tell anybody else. I got all good reports. Praise you, Jesus. Everyone, the enemy was throwing those darts out. I had a choice to buy it, receive the fear, receive the reports, or say no. But it wasn't, I, what I, the bottom line is, it wasn't a piece of cake. So I wanted to share with you that it doesn't matter where you are in your, in your journey. I consider myself a mature believer, especially in the area of healing. But it was a really tough couple of weeks. So in the middle of that week, actually it was at a, probably the darkest time because I had had a, a mammogram and then I had had an ultrasound and about one hour after I got home, I got the call that they wanted to do a biopsy. And it knocked the wind out of me. And um, I was driving and I was in the car and I was just, Kent prayed for me. I said, Kent, I need you. He prayed for me and as soon as he prayed for me, I felt peace. And I'm in the car. We were taking his car to get worked on. So we both had a car, and I was behind him, and I was driving. And I was just settled in that peace, that place of peace, just letting God just be still, be still, and know I'm God. And he gave me this message. Isn't that cool? He's so good. And, he's, and I didn't have the whole thing. It was just darkness and light, darkness and light. So I said, okay, God, I hear you. Gave me two messages. The second one I'm going to share next week. Um, yeah, two, like within five minutes. So here's the first one, out of darkness and into the light. First scripture I want to share is the one I believe that Kathy referred to, 1 John 1, 5. This is the message we heard from Jesus and now declare to you. God is light. And in him there is no darkness at all. God is light. It is one of his inherent it's, it's who he is. It's not just a quality or characteristics. He is light. So what I want to do first is I want to kind of give you some um, uh, what light is, is in this, what it, what it means. There's two things that I want to focus on. The first one is holiness. God is light. God, that refers to holiness. We're going to apply this to us in a minute. But God is holy. The second aspect of light is that it is an illumination of truth. This is the living word. And light is the illumination of the living word. We're going to keep coming back to that tonight. It says God is light and there's no darkness in him at all. So darkness is the opposite of light. It's not in him. Darkness is the opposite of godliness. What's 
ungodliness. But when I talk about ungodliness tonight, we're really going to talk about the world. We're going to talk about the world's way of viewing things, the default of the world in situations in life, the world's way. Agreeing with all the worldly stuff, agreeing with those doctor's reports, agreeing with the symptoms, agreeing with the pain, agreeing with the, what everybody's talking about. That's darkness. And to those of you who have been in that place of not knowing Jesus the healer, the first thing that happens is that suffocating darkness. I've been there. When I was diagnosed, I didn't know Jesus 16 years ago. And darkness, it was all darkness because I didn't know not to receive it. So I received the fear, I received the pain, I received the symptoms. That's darkness. That's the world's way of doing things. Instead of agreeing with God, you come into agreement with the doctor's report and the symptoms and the pain and all that junk. The other part of darkness is lies and deception. Light is the illumination of truth. Darkness is the opposite. Lies and deception. So we're going to keep that as our kind of focal point. Now we're going to go forward. This Bible scripture said God is light. How does that apply to me? Well, salvation, so-so, is where the light of Christ enters us. And we become that light because God is in us. So let's talk about so-so. John 12, verse 31 through 33. This is from the Passion Translation. These words that I'm going to read were spoken by Jesus. And it was right before his passion, his death, and his resurrection. Chapter 12 of John. Chapter 13 is where he was in the upper room. 13 through 17 in John. So this is right before the upper room experience. The day before his passion, his death, and his resurrection. And this is what he said. From this moment on, everything in this world is about to change. For the ruler of this dark world will be overthrown. And I will do this when I'm lifted up off the ground and when I draw the hearts of people to gather them to me. He said this to indicate that he would die by being lifted up on the cross. So right before Jesus died, he said, okay, everything's about to change because the, I'm going to overthrow the ruler of darkness. So we're talking tonight about darkness and light. So good news. Jesus overthrew the ruler of darkness when he died on the cross. That's good news, right? John 12, verse 46. This is the same chapter just a few verses later. And Jesus says, I have come as light into the world so that everyone who believes and trusts in me as Savior... All those who anchor their hope in me and rely on the truth of my message will not continue to live in darkness. Okay. Jesus is telling us before he even dies and is resurrected, he's saying, okay, I'm the way. I'm the light. And anyone who believes in me, who lets me be their anchor, who trusts in me, they don't have to live in the darkness They will not continue to live in darkness. The key is Jesus and living in him. So I want to go back to that definition of light. I said light. God is light and that's holiness. When we are saved, when we are sozoed, we are made holy because 
we're no longer separated from God. Instead, we're separated from the world in our spirit. We're separated from the world and we are reconciled unto God. The problem in this world is that many of us don't know it. We don't know our position. So when darkness comes, especially in the world, even in many Christian arenas in the world, we receive darkness. When we've been saved, we've been so-so'd. Jesus said, and I want to read it again, you will not continue to live in darkness. I believe God at his word. He says, you will not continue to live in darkness because of Jesus. And he's the light and he's in us. Colossians 1. There's an ant on my Bible. Go away. (laughs) Colossians 1. Beautiful scripture. I love this scripture. Verse 13 and 14. For he has rescued us. This is about Jesus. Jesus rescued us and has drawn us to himself from the dominion of darkness and has transferred us into the kingdom of of his beloved son in whom we have redemption because of his sacrifice, resulting in the forgiveness of sins and the cancellation of sin's penalty. And guess what? Sickness is part of the effects of sin. We've been rescued. We've been redeemed. In my, in my paper, I have all those words highlighted. Rescued, transferred, and redeemed. That's good news. We've been transferred out of that place of darkness and into that place of light. I want to share with you now a little piece of my testimony of my salvation, and I rarely share this, but it is so much a a story of this coming to pass in my life that I want to share it with you. And this has happened in all of your lives, but um, the way that my salvation happened, it was radical as far as light and darkness. So this is how it happened. I was um, diagnosed with stage four cancer on February 13th, 2002. And I didn't, I wasn't saved. I didn't know I wasn't saved because I was very religious. So I went to church every week. I was a religious person, but I didn't have relationship with Jesus. And I had never surrendered my life to him. So when I was diagnosed, I immediately went into that place of deep darkness, oppressive fear and heaviness and as soon as I got the diagnosis, I, can't, I got symptoms. Not before, but after. As soon as I got the diagnosis, I had pain, intense pain. I could feel tumors. Everything after the diagnosis, dark, 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 darkness. On February the 19th, six days later, I had the salvation experience. That morning, my friend from school had given me scriptures about healing. I'd never read them, Freddie. Never read a healing scripture, ever. She gave me the references from in the Bible. That was the first day of my life that I ever got up and read the Bible, February 19th. It was very early in the morning, probably about 5.30 in the morning in February, so it was dark, of course. I got up, I opened my Bible, to those scriptures and for the first time in my life I read the promises some of the promises of healing from the Bible and they were light it was like I never knew this was in there and I was so excited that after I read them I went to my computer and I typed them on my computer because I wanted to be able to access them easily after I got done typing I clicked save when I clicked save 
I was using Microsoft Word, and what happens, and you guys know this, but I'm just reviewing it because it meant so much to me. A little box comes up on the computer screen that says file name. And the first line of your text goes in that box. But that's not what was in that box. The first line of my text wasn't in that box. It said, instead, it said, God's message. Let me read it. I want to make sure I get it right. It said, messages from God. Yeah. And I sat there and stared at my computer. And I had this absolute reverential fear, like, whoa, but it was light. Remember I said part of the definition of light is the illumination of truth. I had just read truth for the first time about healing and I was excited about it. And I typed in the computer and when I saved it, it said messages from God. And as I was sitting, looking at my computer screen, completely in awe, the electricity went off in my house. My computer went completely black. It was about 5.30 in the morning in February, and my house was pitch black, completely, 100% black. And I was sitting in my study, scared to death, knowing it was a message, a spiritual thing going on, but I didn't understand it. It was the biggest contrast between light and darkness I can imagine. And I was sitting in the midst of this experience. The, and I have to tell you, electricity, there was no reason for the electricity to go off. There was no wind. There was no storm. There was no reason. Not only that, but our house never loses the electricity. We've lived there for 25 years, and I bet it hasn't gone off five times in 25 years. We have underground electrical wires, and it just doesn't ever go off. But it did. <laughs> It was completely black. And during that time, I was, like I said, just sitting in fear and awe. After just a few minutes, it came back on. My computer came back on. My file was still there. And then I clicked save. It was still there. God saved it for me. Then I clicked save. It's still on my computer today. And, um, and then I went and got ready for work. It was a work day. Got ready for work. And when I went to work, the first thing I did was I went to this girl who had given me the scriptures and I said, Jenny, and I told her what happened. She listened to me. And then she said, Cindy, are you saved? I'd been asked that question a lot of times in my life. And because of my denominational background, that question always made me mad. And I would um, say, yes, I'm saved. I'm Catholic. Basically, that's what I said. I've made the sacraments. Yes, I'm saved. And, um, but she didn't argue with me. She didn't debate. She opened her, she said, do you want to be sure? Well, that, that was all she said. Do you want to be sure? And I said, well, yeah, I totally had received the doctor's report that I was going to be dead. He gave me a death sentence. He said six to nine months to live. He said, you have incurable cancer. He said, you have six to nine months to live. And I believed the doctor because I had received it all. So I said, yes, I want to make sure. So she went to her public school, school desk and got her Bible. She opened it up to Romans 10. She pointed and she said, read this out loud. And I read, but what does it say? The word is near you in your mouth and in your heart. That is the word of faith, which we preach that if you confess with your mouth, the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For with the heart one believes unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. 
I'd never read that. I never, ta- never knew it talked about being saved in the Bible. So she led me in a prayer of salvation that morning, February 19th. That was the day that I was transferred out of darkness and into the light. That's the day. And God showed me that in the morning before I went to work with that whole experience with the illumination of the word, messages from God, and then the dark, dark, darkness. But I was transferred that day. And so were you on the day that you were saved, on the day that you gave your heart and your life to Jesus and you surrendered. And you See what I did? I believed in Jesus my whole life. 100%. I believed in the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. But I had never let him in. I had never asked him to be my Lord and my Savior until that day. And that's when everything changed. So what I want to go to now is this whole truth that we can be saved, we can be in the light, and still not appropriate it and take it and live in the fullness of the light. We can live in the darkness of the world. Believe me, in June, when I had all those doctor's appointments, darkness tried to have its way. So we can still, even as very strong believers, get into that place of darkness. So I want to talk about how to walk in the light. So follow Jesus. John 8, verse 12. Jesus spoke to the people once more, and he said, I am the light of the world. If you follow me, you won't have to walk in darkness because you will have the light that leads to life. Notice there's an if in there. If you follow me, if you seek me, if you draw near to me, if you let the light in, you don't have to walk in darkness. That's what it says. You won't have to walk in darkness because you will have the light that leads to life. Now, something I learned as I was kind of studying this is that light and life go hand in hand. So Jesus said he came to give us life and a life of abundance. His light is this abundant life that he wants all of us to live in. Psalm 36, 9, for with you, and it's capital Y, for with you, Jesus, is the fountain of life. In your light, we see light. So He's light. Jesus says, I'm the light of the world. When we are following him, when we are seeking him, when we're keeping our eyes on Jesus, like Pastor Tim has always taught us, it's all about Jesus. When we keep our eyes on Jesus, the word says that we will see light. When we are in his light, we will see light. It will be illuminated. The light of Jesus will be illuminated in our situation. Whether you have the final report or not, You can walk in light even through those difficult times. 2 Corinthians 4 verse 5 says, For God who said, let light shine out of darkness, has shown in our hearts so as to beam forth the light for the illumination of the knowledge of the majesty and glory of God as it is manifest in the person and is revealed in the face of Jesus Christ, the Messiah. And again, going back to the definition of light, it's the illumination of knowledge, of truth, specifically about Jesus and his finished work. A couple weeks ago, um, Fran was talking about uncommon faith. She was talking about that heart faith 
that faith that says no to, and all the darkness is coming, whether it's a doctor's report or whether it's tests or whether it's symptoms or whether it's pain or whether it's depression or oppression or whatever that darkness is. And Fran was talking about the importance of the word of God, the promises of God. And, and like Freddie said, she had known those promises, but they weren't real to her personally. She believed them, but they weren't personally in her heart until this season in her life. And that's what the light does. The light illuminates the knowledge of the majesty and the glory of Jesus, the Messiah. Jesus, the healer. Psalm 119, 105. Your word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. Last night I was sharing this same message and God just gave me this big picture that was so cool. When you um, walk into a dark room, completely dark, and I'm going to talk about a big dark room. So let's talk about the palace. Big. And if you have, we're going to, uh, I, I was thinking about this a little bit more after, after last night. If you walk in with your cell phone, it's completely dark, and you turn the flashlight on, one flashlight, you would see that in the whole huge dark palace. You would see that one flashlight, right? Now, imagine you're at uh, an event in the palace, and everyone, tens of thousands of people, however many the palace holds or used to hold, everyone turns on their cell phone. Would it be really crazy bright? It would be much brighter than one person with one flashlight, right? Now, think about the Word of God. Just envision for a minute with me that each scripture is one light. But every time you meditate on that scripture again or declare that scripture again, it's another light, another light, another light. You might have a half a dozen scriptures that God has just put on your heart and you repeat them over and over. That's six times six times six times six. You might have, uh, uh, you might be reading the word and God just oh, just floods his light all over the word. That's a whole bunch more lights. As you continue to feed on the word, it's just more light in that dark place and more light in that dark place. But like Fran was sharing a couple weeks ago, it is so important to continuously meditate on that word and let that light just fill up the dark spaces because light dispels darkness. And the more light there is, the brighter it is. Now, the next, the next, um, oh, I'm sorry, I'm getting ahead of myself a little bit. I'm going to just wait for that comment for just a minute. The next thing I want to talk about is that we are, we look like our daddy. We're made in his image. So God is light. Jesus is the light of the world. First Thessalonians 5, 5 says, guess what? You are sons and daughters of the light. That's in you too. We do not, we, let me read it from, right from the Bible. For you are all sons of light and sons of the day. We do not belong either to the night or to darkness. So just like our father is light, we're daughters of the light. We're sons of the light. 
And then the next scripture, Matthew 5, verse 14 and 16, through 16, Jesus says to us, you are the light of the world. Now, in two or three other places in the Bible, he says, I'm the light of the world. But here he says, you are the light of the world. It's because we are made in his image. When we receive Jesus, that light becomes part of us. But then he says, you're the light of the world, now act like it. He says, like a city on a hilltop that cannot be hidden. No one lights a lamp and then puts it under a basket. Instead, a lamp is placed on a stand where it gives light to everyone in the house. In the same way, let your good deeds shine out for all to see so that everyone will praise your heavenly Father. The light that's in us, as we continue to put those lights in there, through the scripture, through the word, through the truth, people can see it. They see that light. That's what we see in Friday. That's what we see in you, Suzette. That's what we see in you, Heather. You're sitting there. You can't stop smiling. Look at you. That's the light of God. Many of you know that that's what my name means, Cindy. It means bringer of light. And I just, oh, I just get so blessed knowing that that is a prophetic word that has been, been spoken over me since the day I was born and my mom and my dad named me Cindy. Cindy Lou, to be exact. <laughs> but Lou means renowned warrior, so I'll take it. Bringer of light. So we have light in here. Now here's the important fact, the important truth that I want to, if you don't take anything else home with you, this is the most important thing. Light expels darkness. It's not the other way around. Let me say that again. Light expels or extinguishes darkness. Darkness does not extinguish light. When you go into a dark room, you don't turn off the dark. You turn on the light. But this is where we need to take a step, an action, and not let that darkness bury us because the light will expel that darkness. Even if you only have one flashlight in the arena, it expels darkness. I want to read John 1, verse 4 and 5. The word gave life to everything that was created, and his life brought light to everyone. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness can never extinguish it. There's God's word. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness can never extinguish it. We need to know that and then act like we know it. I want to read this scripture to you. This is 1 John 4, 4. This is a powerful truth that is a good scripture to stand on and to get built up in strength with. It's 1 John 4, 4. And the word says, little children, you can be certain that you belong to God and have conquered them. Now that pronoun them refers to all the works of darkness, anything that is against Christ and the word of God. Anything that is anti-Christ, cancer, sickness, pain, depression. The word says, little children, you can be certain that you belong to God and you have conquered 
them, all of those negative things, all of those works of darkness. For the one who's living in you is far greater than the one who's in the world. And that refers to the enemy and all of his junk. That's a powerful word. He who is in you and the light that is in you is so much greater than he who's in the world. He who is in you is so much greater and so much bigger and so much more powerful than any puny little cancer or tumor or anything else or whatever is your situation. This is the scripture to take hold of. It's in you. The light of Christ is in you and darkness will never extinguish it. And the third scripture I want to read is 1 John 2 verse 8. For the darkness is disappearing and the true light is already shining. So if those darts of the enemy are attacking and it feels really, really dark. This is scripture that says the darkness is disappearing. The true light is already shining. Speak that over yourself. Darkness disappeared because that's what my, my, my word says. That's what God says. The darkness is disappearing. Disappear, darkness. Get out the heck out of my life. The true light is already shining. And as we fill ourselves with the light of the word, that darkness will just get dimmer and dimmer and dimmer and dimmer until there's no more darkness. It's only light. It's only light. During that season when I was... Um, fighting all of those darts that were coming at me. It was uh, uh, so powerful to just feed on the word and extinguish the darkness. Feed on the word, extinguish the fear. Feed on the word, put those thoughts out of the, the way. And, and the, the one thing that I kept coming back to is that, yeah, those thoughts did keep coming, but I had the choice to deny their right to stay to deny their right to invade my real estate of my heart or my mind. And I just kept doing that and doing that and doing that. I'm not saying they didn't keep coming back because they did. But every time I said, I deny your right and any other thing, you know, any uh, doctor's words, I deny that in my body. I deny that in my body. I spoke specifically to my body, those parts, those three parts my colon, my breast tissue, and my bladder and my um, kidneys. I kept speaking to those parts of my body and denying the, the darts of the enemy, the darkness and the fear. So the last point I want to make is that you are the light of the world. That's what the Bible says. That's what Jesus said to you. That's what Jesus said to me. You are the light of the world. That's truth. You are the light of the world. We need to act like it. We need to act like we believe that we're the light of the world. Probably the number one way to do that is to choose to love life. Choose to love life. Light is life. You have the light in you. We have a choice every day to love life or not. We have the choice to get up and say, thank you, God, for this amazing day of life. It's one of the prayers I pray on a daily basis. Just thank you, God. Thank you for the gift of life. I will treasure this day that you've gifted me. I will live this day to the fullest, God. Love life. 
When we follow Christ, it produces this love of life. And here's an important key. It doesn't, it's not dependent on the circumstances of your life. You can walk through a storm loving life, treasuring life. I remember, and again, I'm going back to that season when I was diagnosed with stage four cancer. I had a pile of supplements I took that was, would gag you. I mean, it was like, I don't even know how many, probably 20. And I don't like taking those things. And I would sit there. And before I would start consuming my food, which was gross because I was eating stuff that was gross. Anyway, I had, I won't go there. And I had this pile of supplements. I would pray over it all pray a blessing over it all and I would say father thank you for another day of life I had stage 4 cancer thank you God for this gift what a treasure thank you I will live this day to the full bless this day God bless this these you know and I pray a blessing over my stuff that I was about to consume but it always started with thank you father for this day of life we have a choice live in the light and let your light shine We're the light of the world, but if we don't shine, the world's not going to see it. If Ken hadn't had light shining when he went into that tile store, he probably wouldn't have connected with that woman who is now healed. Here's a few scriptures to close with. Psalm 27.1. The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the strength of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? Isaiah 58, verse 8. Then your light will break out like the dawn, and your healing, restoration, new life will quickly spring forth. Your righteousness will go before you, leading you to peace and prosperity, and the glory of the Lord will be your rear guard. Isn't that a good one? And the last one, Isaiah 60, verse 1. Arise from the depression and prostration in which circumstances have kept you. Rise to a new life. Shine. Be radiant with the glory of the Lord. For your light has come and the glory of the Lord has risen upon you. So we have a choice. The light's in there. We need to let it shine. And we need, and it's like Kathy started with, that light is powerful. And one of the things I've been praying and meditating on is that that light that is in us is healing. And I have literally, and I'll be praying that with you guys in a minute, praying healing, the healing light of Jesus is doing the healing. The power of the light of Jesus, like radiation therapy, but it's Jesus's radiation. Amen.